Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Will Ferrell Roll. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, Hal, we're sitting up here on top of the shed until we get yelled at to come down from it. You know, I watched that episode. You're it's referencing so a sketch from Will Ferrell's first ever SNL episode in the fall of 1995, where he and Nancy Walls were a couple. And uh, no, he and yeah, uh, he and Nancy Walls, the Mariel Hemingway, I think, was a guest. She was the host. Wow. And the whole thing was that there was a kid up on the shed and they're, they're, he's grilling and he just keeps going, hey, get off the shed. Can you get off the shed? And then it devolves into him <laughs> screaming. And I watched it thinking, this is not funny. This guy is not funny. Really? I don't care for him at all. But. The great thing about Will Ferrell is he grows on you and then you appreciate oh, what yeah. he does and how great he is at a variety of things. And we're going to walk through the many roles he has played in his career, but we are not going to do it alone. We're going to be joined by the host of The Animal That Changed Me, Katya Litsky. What is up, Katya? Hi. I'm so excited to be here with Improv Greats. Oh, podcast that's... Greats. Wow. <laughs> great Greats. We Whoa. are excited to have you on the show. First of all, before we jump into Will Ferrell, talk a little about The Animal That Changed Me, because this is such a beautiful, beautiful show. Thank you so much. I mean, honestly, I really like to talk about animals. I'm I'm yeah. very into them. And my husband just doesn't want to hear it anymore. And I was like, <laughs> I <laughs> need to find other people to converse with. And thus the show was born. No, I it's yeah, I just I get to talk to extraordinary people about extraordinary animals who've changed their lives. Wherever on the spectrum they fall as animal lovers, whether they're like vegan and really into it, or just like a normal person who just you know, adopted a cat and fell in love with that cat. To me, it's all legit. And I think that love is super cool. And I can't wait for you guys to come on and talk about it. I'm very excited to come on the show. Your love of animals is well represented in the world, in everything that you do, in all of your writing. Thank you. It's it's so kind and you have such a great big heart. And we're so happy to have you on the show. Will you please, again, before we start talking about Will Ferrell, we'll get to Will Ferrell. (laughs) Okay. Will you please shout out your dogs? Um, okay. Yeah. So, well, Ophelia was, you know, my queen. She was yeah. my first rescue beagle. Love of my life. She's been gone about six weeks. She passed away about six weeks, oh, almost two months ago. So I know. Sorry. Yeah. When I say those words, I sort of leave here. Like I'm here, but my brain goes to Hawaii or somewhere else. I don't yeah. know. You know, that's what it feels like. She was 17. It was like time. And I was yeah, really, well yeah. I was really holding on, but yes, there was a, there was a, and it was kind of like, I'm now at this point, I'm going to keep around for me. I'm not doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, okay. That was Ophelia, the number one, but because of her, everything sort of changed. Like how I eat, what I care about, what I write about, who I am, everything, just who I, everything changed because a 25 pound beagle, basically. Now I have sassy who's, Kind of an egg roll on legs is how I would explain her. <laughs> is it and visually or her personality? It's kind of both. Fried yeah. on the outside, a lot of sprouts <laughs> on the inside. Mushy. You want a different something orange? She's so sweet, cute, loves my kids, thinks they're hers. 
Oh, I love that. I know it's, it's, I mean, I sometimes have to be like, they're, they're mine. Um, she's like, they're not, but, um, she's also a rescue beagle. And then I had Goldberg, who was mm-hmm. our 62nd foster, who just oh went goodness. to his 62nd, as in you fostered 62 dogs or you had him for one minute. I <laughs> such a good question. I don't even I don't even want to give the right answer because it's such a good question. You have fostered sixty two dogs. dogs. Also, yeah. I love your new podcast, One Minute Dog. It's really exciting. <laughs> it's a quick listen. It's a quick guys, quick listen. Yeah, you guys. I, this is that. This is the information and feedback I needed. I needed your mentorship, and I got it. We got <laughs> thank, you. We got you. you. <laughs> yeah, he was number sixty two. Oh my so gosh. it's kind of nuts. And I really liked Goldberg. He was a good boy, but he just went to a home here in Texas with someone Great. who wants to take him fishing. You're in Austin, Texas now. I'm in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I love Austin, Texas. Hal and I've done comedy in Austin, Texas many times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you guys are very popular around here and it's fun. It's a fun. Place oh no, we can't be. go back. We're not allowed, but <laughs> we're not we allowed it. back in Austin. Austin. Yeah. That's one way. Does yeah. Austin love you? <laughs> you know what? It is a one-way we'll love. Ask anymore. <laughs> We're like, hey, keep Austin weird. They're like, hey, keep Hal and Mark out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it. I can't I wish they it. hadn't made the t-shirts. That part hurt. <laughs> and they're <laughs> selling yeah. them in every airport kiosk. Every, in, in every it's airport. really weird. In every Not airport. Even just, like, they're trying to start a yeah. movement. I was in Sheremetyevo, and I saw that t-shirt. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy. I'm going to show you I do have one of those shirts. <laughs> what if I, I have one? I bought one. I'm going to wear it. Katya. Keep you guys out. I, I bought oh. one. I had to buy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a really, it is a cool place to be. So we yeah. need to, I'm going to go to city council and I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get okay. you back in here. We appreciate that. It takes one voice. That's all. <laughs> one person. I remember that Billy Gilman song. <laughs> one voice was heard. All right. Let's talk about Will Ferrell. Let's do it. Will Ferrell, classic Saturday Night Live veteran turned movie star. I want to start with a question that I think we're going to need to answer if we're going to tackle what is the best Will Ferrell role. And that question is, are we going to include his roles on Saturday Night Live? Now, the question was asked by Max and Caden. Shout out to Max and Caden. Best Will Ferrell role. It didn't specify movie role, but I mean... There are hundreds of roles that he played on Saturday Night Live over the years. I think there are a couple that stand out that could stand up with his best movie roles. What do y'all think? I, I have to agree. I mean, we have Janet Reno inside mm-hmm. the actor's studio. Reno's I mean, dance party. I kind of feel bad leaving those out. Yeah. Uh, and not to always make it about dogs, although it will always be about dogs for me. I'm mm-hmm. just going to come front load with that information. But when right. he did Dale, whatever, dissing your dog, Dale Stuvent or whatever the Dale last name, do you guys remember Stur- this? Sturdivant. Sturdivant. Oh my gosh. Yes. Hal, your attention to detail is next level. Dissing your dog is like the best thing. And that's how my daily life feels. So I can't. I can't tell you in all fairness that it's not a favorite. Yes. With that yeah. mustache and the glasses. And the, it was like a passive aggressive method <laughs> of dog training. Yes. And him getting like right in a dog's face. Like the, one of the great things about Will Ferrell is his ability to maintain his calm. He very rarely breaks. Yeah. And for him to get in and it was a pre-recorded bit. So they could have done a million takes, but it feels like it probably wouldn't have taken him many to get Right in the face of a puppy, like the cutest puppy, and <laughs> and lift up the puppy's ear to. I mean, it's just it. 
He is a masterclass in a lot of different comedy things. And yeah, you look at that and go, nobody could do that as well as him. No, that for is, sure. Yeah, it is pure Will Ferrell. It's something even in his eyeballs. I swear it's like I can see like some sparkle, some thought crossing his eyeballs. And it's it's amazing. You just want to know so bad. You can feel it, but you're not quite sure what it is. He's um, I, I think he when he lifts the ear, he's telling the dog that, you know, the palm is all booked up yes. <laughs> or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, the dog won't eat. The yeah. dog will not eat the, the normal dog food. Yeah. We tried the palm, but it's yeah. all booked up. <laughs> so what makes a great Will Ferrell role? Like we're talking now about, you said he has that sort of twinkle. Yeah. That non-breaking commitment to it. Because for me, one of the things I love about Will Ferrell is he came along on Saturday Night Live and he's a groundling. You know, he's he's from the groundlings theater. So he's used to playing these big characters, these big over the top, but truthful characters. And there was a moment in comedy while Will Ferrell was at his height where it seemed to me like comedy was had become all about ironic detachment and mm-hmm. just sort of mumbling snarky things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least the most yeah. popular comedies were. And Will Ferrell was an iconoclast in that era because yeah. his characters. One thing I love about all of his characters is they care so much they are not detached they are attached they are pure emotion pure id and that's one thing that i think really made him stand out in a particular time where that wasn't the biggest thing i think it's why he's still going what do you guys think makes a great will ferrell role i kind of love what you're saying and i think it's interesting because i mean to answer your question what i love about any will ferrell role is honestly anytime i can see him be even just like a dash of vulnerable which Mm -hmm. happens more often than not yeah my favorite favorite will ferrell role is stranger than fiction i I loved stranger than fiction and it's subtle Oh my God. It's, it's so not big subtle. and wacky. He's a good actor, but I haven't been able to articulate. He is a good actor, but I haven't been able to articulate what you just said, which is that his characters are like attached and they're present and they care. And even a character that is like apathetic or detached or has this, you know, a uh, way of controlling and living in the world as Harold Crick, mm-hmm. even that character is like, I just, you just, the minute he gets on screen, you feel his whole heart. It's wild. I don't know how he did that, but I, and I haven't been able to articulate it. So thank you. That is what it is. I mean, he's so funny in that movie, but it's beautiful. He's beautiful in that movie. He finds the humanity in, Mm. in each of his characters. If you look at, at like in a film or in a TV series, he has more room to explore and build a character Mm -hmm. out. And that's why my opinion is, that as great as his work on SNL was, that there's nothing that he did on that show that can beat something that he's done in a long-form film or TV series. But to go back to SNL for a second, mm-hmm. if you look at something like Craig Buchanan, the male cheerleader, they would yeah. do – you know, it's him and Sherry O'Terry who who herself is like pure – she is like the comedy of energy and movement personified. And yeah. he would match her and they would have these big, you know, giant silly cheers and that would be the fun of it. But there is a vulnerability there. Of a hurt child or two hurt children that don't fit in anywhere else. So true. And it's revealed as comedic details, but there's something raw in there that you connect to and empathize with 
his characters. Even um, what is his name? Marty. Marty Cole. Marty Cole. <laughs> he's great. Well, he's great in a duo in that way. Yeah. Like, these sort of these super vulnerable school based duos. He had two of them on SNL with the the cheerleaders and with the cults as the uh, husband and wife team that would yeah. was Bobby it they were Mohan doing the cult. assemblies. Even with Chris Kattan, even Night at the Roxbury, that that mm-hmm. character with the name is is totally leaving my mind. But even yeah. that character, his ver- yes. his had something you want to protect yeah. to it. You know? Really is yeah. you just wanna you just wanna hold him in his vulnerability. Even in the the video with the the landlord, the one year old at his door. <laughs> yes. Like and he's I think he's playing just Will Ferrell in that. <laughs> somehow Somehow you're on his side when the adversaries are an adult man and a toddler. And you're like, I wish that toddler wouldn't be so mean to that nice man. Because he plays it straight. He knows the assignment. And it's, it's, there's restraint in what he does as well. But it's also fun to watch him go off the rails, which is why I think Brennan Huff is such a great character Mm. from him in Step Brothers. Step Brothers, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, that movie is so over the top bananas. I laugh every time I watch it. He and John C. Riley are like twins separated at birth in it's terms of a, like how they play off each other. It's such a good movie. It really is. A, the first time I, I watched it, I think I was like, huh? Like I, I, I mm-hmm. didn't feel it. And then afterwards I was like, oh, this is really good because there's so much on the surface that is genius. Old school was mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, Anchorman was the same way, which just yeah. like, oh yeah, this is all so funny and everybody is so clever and everybody is so good. But then if you watch them again, there's all these moments in between the moments with him where mm-hmm. you're just, I felt that even in Shrink Next Door, when he, you know, just, I just saw him on Apple and I was like, on Apple oh TV, gosh. and it's like, oh wow. He well, you care about him and you don't know why. In that. In yeah. what? I haven't in, seen this. In the Shrink Next Door, which is a real story about a, psychologist who basically controls rich patients including Mm -hmm. this guy marty markowitz who had recently lost his parents it was always sort of a meek guy and so paul rudd who plays the real life psychologist who's treating him that psychologist eventually starts like sliding into his life getting to cut everybody off using all of his money for like basically takes over his cape cod house and has him buy the one next door and throws all the parties and you see him, you watch that character disappear and you love him because there's a Will Ferrell, there's a, again, like you you want to care for him. Mm-hmm. You really do. You know, he's, you know, he's damaged even when he's playing characters that are like ridiculously over the top, yeah. like his, uh, like Wedding Crashers cameo. Mom, meatloaf! Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, this guy leads a really sad life. But in Shrink Next Door, you get to watch him disappear and then watch him reclaim his life. And it's... it's- it's beautiful. He, he oh, is, he's powerful. Story. Yeah. Did you guys, do you guys remember? I know this is a tangent, but do you remember that movie with Adam Sandler and Emily Watson? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a punch drunk love. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You guys are just on it all. You're just We're just on nerds for all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Like, I want to see a real, like, love story. I mean, uh, I, Stranger Than Fiction was probably the closest right. that I can think of. But, like, I feel like I feel like we haven't even seen everything that Will Ferrell can do. And I'm, oh, ex- no. I'm so excited to see him do something darker and or a real love story or not that that wasn't a real love story. It's just so hard for it to be anything other than a delve into him because of how magnificent he is. 
You know, it's funny you mentioned him doing darker stuff. Let's talk a little bit about his villains, because even his villains are lovable. He has played most of his villains are voice jobs, it seems. Mm-hmm. Megamind and the He's actually uh, a hero. Professor Business. <laughs> Me- exactly. Megamind turns out to be a hero. He's a villain mm-hmm. turns into a hero. What's his name? Professor Business or Dr. Business or something. Whatever he is in uh, Lego in the Lego movie. The oh, villain in the Lego oh, yeah. movie. I didn't realize that. No, that makes sense. Mugatu in Zoolander. Zoolander. Mm-hmm. Mugatu is uh, the inventor of the piano key necktie. Even that, <laughs> even that has like a damaged person vulnerability to it. That is, that makes that character so delightfully terrible to watch. It's like a Lord tantrum. business. Thank you, Ken Plume. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. When you watch a a person like him have it, his, that's exactly a great way to put it. His villains are all just human tantrums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's something I will say as a mom, like when I see my kids, my kids are five and six, mm-hmm. and adorable ages for tantrums. Such, yeah. such, and there's so many of them. Um, their feet, their feet are so cute. I, kids, listen. Your parents saw your feet too, and they felt this. I just want to say that. Oh, anyone listening with feet. Your parents loved your feet. <laughs> That's real love. It's foot love. But Aww. anyways, my kids, they when they have a tantrum, like when I see them crumble, like a collapse, mm-hmm. it's I'm I half of me, literally an exact 50% of me wants to die laughing. Like I just think it's <laughs> so funny. But the other 50% exact half of me is like, I will kill somebody who takes your parking spot in the future. Like nobody yeah. can hurt you. Like it is a mm-hmm. it 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 breaks me. And that word then what you were talking about with Will Ferrell, that tantrum is like kind of what he does. He sort of adults don't pull that off. They don't make you want to laugh and hug them when they're having a tantrum, but he does. He's like my kids. Well, I think he can up the stakes of anything. And I imagine with a five and a six year old, like part of the reason that uh, it's funny that when a five year old has a tantrum is because the stakes to them are so <laughs> outsizedly <laughs> high. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. they stop to, if you stop to think like any Will Ferrell characters, like if you stop to think about it for a second, <laughs> the stakes of the thing that you are dealing with are not nearly as high as you are making them. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, tonight over dinner, my youngest was very upset that my oldest got the spoon with a penguin on it. And <laughs> yeah. he, collapsed yeah. i mean she was in it was oh. i was like i and i was i wanted to i'm like if these are your problems yeah in you know <laughs> yeah the spoon with the penguin and i could see will ferrell throwing a fit about totally. not getting the spoon with the penguin yeah. on it i feel like if he's listening he should write that into whatever next thing he's working on because it it. Yeah. yeah. That's what he's doing in Step Brothers. That's what they're both doing is they're yeah. children. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just what big if babies. Never grew up and acted like they were 13, 12, 11, and sometimes younger years old. And <laughs> it plays so well with these. I mean, it helps to have Richard Jenkins and Mary Steenburgen. The as, two, two of the best straight men of all time. Yeah. Uh, she's I mean, amazing. She's brilliant. And we'll get to her. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about her later because I think there's a Mount Rushmore movie that she shows up in that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. That Will Ferrell stars. in. I want to bring up though, before we leave the SNL era sure. behind, I want to bring up one Saturday night live character. And I'm curious your thoughts about this because we talk about how much he humanizes everything he does, how much humanity he infuses into everything. Yeah. 
And I want to talk about his version of George W. Bush. Mm. Because his version of George W. Bush is, I would argue, significantly more lovable yes. than his real life counterpart in that he's got that Will Ferrell layer. Like there's something underlying his George W. Bush that it, there's a reason that that became his solo show on Broadway. And I think he may have won a Tony for it. I know he's nominated for a Tony for it. Oh, wow. Uh, for playing Bush on Broadway. His version of him has like, it's a combination of the president that we all know and remember, but with Will Ferrell's layer on top of it. What are your thoughts without diving too much into politics on a show that doesn't deal with politics? I, I, I love his Bush because yeah. of exactly what you just said. And I am, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm probably going to give away my political views. I am tasked with loving a lot of Republicans. I'm from Texas. Mm -hmm. And that version of Bush makes you softer. Yeah. Towards, you know, ideas and ideals that you might not agree with. Is it crazy to think that SNL could like weigh in on like the way people feel about politics? I don't know if it's that no, crazy. No, I don't think it's crazy at all. No. It's been happening for years. Yeah. yeah. He brings a, uh, he, he nails. There's something that George W. Bush always tried to project, either project or bring to the forefront mm -hmm. in his persona. And that was a folksiness. Mm. And that has, as he's taken on the elder statesman ex president role, that comes much easier because there's no consequence to anything that he does now. His decisions. <laughs> And that's, that's true of any president. It is so true. They get right. to become whatever version of a, of a state's person that they wanted to be. And Will Ferrell nails that folksiness, but also this idea of like, at the end of the day, I'm a frat kid who yeah. became president and there's nothing Machiavellian going on. It's like, I shouldn't have this job, but yeah. you're going to have fun. This is going to be cool. So there is like that kid <laughs> thing of like, you know, you know, there's a button I can press under the desk. They'll make a bomb go off. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like he nails that in a way that doesn't make you judge the politics of it or think about how frightening that could be to have a person who you fundamentally disagree with in control of a nuclear arsenal. Mm -hmm. Totally. But he nailed the notes. It's one of the most memorable presidential impressions because yeah. he created almost a brand new character out of him, but it had a lot of stuff that we recognized and has, I think, probably helped George W. Bush more than hurt him. Yeah. It's ex-president years. That's a good point. It's such a needle threading that he did with that character. It's as if he took only the details that people liked about Bush, specifically the, who do you want to have a beer with? Beer with. And he good. went, I'm going to do the, I'm just going to play the person that you want to have a beer with. Whether or not that is accurate to this man who has, you know, all of the power in the world, I'm yeah. going to create a character that you want to have a beer with. And I think it's such a, I think it's a brilliant, it's one of the, I think it's one of the greatest impressions in pop culture in my lifetime because of that, because of how deftly he handled such a polarizing figure. And we talk about children and him playing children. There's literally a scene mm -hmm. where he's trying to go to bed and Dick Cheney is his father. <laughs> yeah. And Daryl Hammond is Dick Cheney is coming in like, all right, George, time to go to bed. Like he picked up something that everybody who's, who might have been watching George Bush, especially like the flight suit in front of the mission accomplished banner. Like a lot of things yeah. are like, 
This all the stuff like that a, a kid, kid would want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like a kid came up with this. There is this word in Spanish. I talk about it all the time because I'm obsessed with it. It's called, the word is lastima, which mm-hmm. when you say like, ay, que lastima, it's like the literal translation is like, oh, what a pity. But when you say, or me lastime, is like I hurt myself, I scraped myself. But when you say like, tengo lastima, or you just say like, oh, la- I have lastima, you're mm-hmm. saying like, I have the deepest layer, like the, the mantle core, whatever that I wasn't good in science. Um, that thing in the middle and the bottom, I, that's how badly I have empathy for this other living being. And now what they feel, I feel it's jumped yeah. off to them, off of them and onto me. And now I'm them and they're me. I know that that's like so woo woo, no, but, but like, I love that. I love that word, right? Because there's yeah. no like real English translation. There's so many mm-hmm. Spanish words like that where you're like, mm, there's not really a way to say this, but I Simpatico. can tell you kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Will Ferrell is an amazing actor because he has lastima. Now, I don't yeah. know if he would call it lastima, but everything is brushed with just like deep, deep empathy, deep overlap between you. It's like you're watching him be someone else, but it's you. And then it's it, you're the person you're with and me and we're all here. It's so much lastima. Even He's Bush. tapped into humanity. Mm-hmm. Totally. In any of his characters. If he can do that for Bush, like he can do it for anyone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even Mugatu. Even Mugatu. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and we will come right back and we'll talk about some of the big juggernaut characters that Will Ferrell has played that are it just indelibly ingrained in our brains. But in the meantime, please hear about some of the other fantastic shows on the Maximum Fun Network. We'll be right back. I'm a psychic. My name is Psychic Carrie. I'm yes. Ross. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. Of course, I knew your name was Ross, as I am a psychic. But please, take a yeah. seat. Well, I was hoping, we, hoping could talk about we could talk about my, my podcast. podcast. Yes, I know. It's called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Yes. We investigate from uh-huh. science, spirituality, yeah. and claims of the paranormal. paranormal. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. This whole podcast, it sounds like it's been a real challenge for you lately. Actually, it's a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. Because it's so fun. Fun. I don't know how you this do it. This will be $75. Okay. That seems fair. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. At MaximumFun.org. You knew it was a .org. I have a gift. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? And we're back. I think at this point, I think we're agreeing to leave SNL in the rear view to look at some <laughs> of the meteor roles he's had. Is that right? Yeah. I would still, I would, because of the impact that it had, I would like to still leave Bush on the table. But I would okay. say, generally speaking, the SNL characters, they don't rise to some of his, and they all rise, but they don't rise to the heights that some of these other ones are. Maybe we should just go sort of round robin and throw out right. some rules. Okay. Yeah. You Do you want to start our guests yeah. first? Katya, yeah. I mean, sure. I'm trying to think of ones we haven't. Oh, Elf. That's where I was going to go. Buddy. I'm, I'm going to go with Buddy. Yes. Buddy the Elf. Buddy the Elf. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that will be my first next favorite. Love, love, love. For me, I think Buddy Elf is the one to beat. Boy. He's the absolute top of my list. It is. I'm with you on this character. That movie would not work. I think it was originally the, the, when it was being written years before, I think it was being written for Chris Farley. I really? won't say that it was really? a Chris Farley. It was supposed to be a Chris Farley movie at some point. It was no either kidding. Chris Farley or it, was, or it was someone else. And it eventually became Will Ferrell. And I can't imagine anyone else Cannot. playing it no. because he's so, there's no sense of him letting us in. He doesn't ever let us in on the joke. That's what I love about Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. If there's never a wink. There's never you're on this ride with me. You're yeah. watching this happen, whether it's someone uncomfortably yelling at their child on a shed or this human raised as an elf who has no negative bones in his body. No. There's and he doesn't else. comment on himself. Never. I doesn't I think anything really, does is weird. Yeah, I have a real big bone to pick with the, the commenting. I, I can't I, I get so annoyed when I see someone like comment on their acting in the moment. And SNL, yeah. there's some there's some SNLers oh, yeah. that do that. And I'm like, sure. just like I'll, I love a good like break character and crack up. You can't help yourself like that. I will always go with, but the sort of you know commenting as I'm joking and will yes. never, never. I've never seen him do That's it. That's the ironic detachment, and it's opposite. Yeah. I think. I think it's that it's he's always a hundred percent in. And another reason I think this movie is the perfect Will Ferrell role is everything that we've talked about that we like about him. His lastima. His childlike wonder, all of those different elements you could combine and say they're really, that's the holiday spirit. You know what I mean? All of those elements put together are the holiday spirit. And he is kind of the embodiment of that as a person. So for him to get to play a role where the character, that's his entire job as a character is just to be Will Ferrell. (laughs) You know what I mean? What a good, buddy what a buddy good job. the Elf's job is to be Will Ferrell and spread that love. Do you feel like Christmas is like that, Mark? I'm a Christmas super nerd. <gasps> I'm a I'm so super jealous. nerd for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all about too. it. I married a Presbyterian though, so I get to I get in I get in on the fun. Uh, I'm, I'm so jealous, you guys. How fun. <laughs> you get to be buddies. And cry right. and have tantrums and get excited and do all the things. Every, like, oh, Hal has a tantrum before every episode. Every single one. I lose <laughs> it. I lose it over the smallest details. <laughs> so it wasn't right. It was supposed to be 71 degrees, not 72. Yeah, no. Do you do both holidays, Hal? And, yes. And, and then try to have a fit at both times or do you save it all the energy? Well, I do eight, you know, I celebrate <laughs> how the fit lasted for eight nights in the great temple for Hanukkah. And then, <laughs> and then I do 12 days of tantrums on Christmas and then beyond. So I wow. really, I do, I cover it all. That's, I mean, that's 20 days of tantrums. Of you must counting. be so tired by the end of a year. Oh, you know that headache after you've just been crying? <laughs> yes, that's, I know it very well. That's December for me. <laughs> that's the whole month. That's just that's just how I live. Um, yeah, th- I also, similar to Mark, I love Christmas. I always have as a kid. I was always fascinated by it. I love the music. And I think this movie, it's weird to think this movie is, I mean, now it's 18 years old, but it's still yeah. very recent. Crazy. And it is, it is required viewing at Christmas time. And that is in a very large part due to Will Ferrell. 
Yeah, there are there are balloon uh, blow up stuff like I see Will Ferrell's all over on lawns. People, I mean, I'm like, you're now. It's like Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph, and Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. Yeah, on house all the houses I drive by. I mean, it's it's in there with like a Christmas story. Yeah, it's definitely up there. It's I was (laughs) I was watching, and I don't even think it was around Christmas time. Maybe it was, and this was just on her mind. One of the women on the hosts of the Today Show, I was like, oh, now you're the greatest. Uh, they were talking about, they said AFI has just, I think it was Al Roker was like, AFI has just come out with their list of the top 10 American movies of all time. Anybody have any idea what those movies are? He, she's, he says, anybody have any idea what number one is? And she just blurted out, well, of course, Elf. Like the idea that it's one of the greatest American films ever made. And I was like, this is why I want to be her best friend now. <laughs> wow. She wasn't even hesitant. I'm yeah, an indecisive. Break. Yeah. yeah. I really love people like that. I, I'm yeah. always like assessing who, what do people need? I'm feeling mm-hmm. what they might be wanting that I can deliver, but just to be able to be like, no, it's, it's elf. Yeah. And I'm blurted right. out. One of the greatest movies ever yeah. made elf. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of admiration for this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you hear that Will Ferrell just recently um took to the Warriors court? Yes. This happened like two Moon. days ago. Yes. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Did he wear his headband? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like this Amazing. is what we're talking about. In his tropics just- gear. <laughs> And took it seriously. Like reporters yeah. were like, uh, you know, what do you feel about it? And he's like, well, let's see what they, the team says, comes back with me and you know, what they want and what their offer is. I mean, like didn't comment. <laughs> yeah. Didn't break. break. <laughs> uh, all right. Hal, do you want to go next? Yeah. I want to throw one out and that would be a good one. Jackie Moon would be a good one, but I want to go with a movie that I feel like is overlooked in Will Ferrell's canon, despite being, not only a, a incredibly funny movie, but also a decent detective story, which is the other guys and his role is detective Alan Gamble, who is <laughs> the gator, who is the forensic accountant, like nerdiest, like just, yeah, he's the nerdiest, but then you find out he was a pimp yeah. in college and didn't really, he became a pimp. And then his wife was played by Eva Mendez. He's incredibly condescending to her and like, you look very plain. Like he's doing that bit, and then you and and the joke of it being that Mark Wahlberg is is over in his house. He's like, "What are you? Is this real? Are you are you real?" By the way, great! What a great pairing! What a weird, yeah. delightful so pairing! They're so good together. But again, you get the humanity of that character. You see him break out of just being the straight laced guy, and you see the gator come out. But also that he loves his wife very much. That mm-hmm. he is very uh, insecure with her. Which is why he treats her the way that, that he does. And the movie as a whole is really good. And I love his work in it because it's so ridiculous. And he manages to ground it while also making it completely insane. Yeah. That's, I love what you said that, um, his insecurity is like why he, you can, because it is true. That's hard to pull off, like to Mm -hmm. be a jerk to, you know, your partner on screen and, and you don't hate him. Yeah. No, it's so funny. It's just so, cause you're sitting there going like, what? I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yeah. How is this real? Well, you know, it's because of him. He feels it about him, not her. It, it is. Yes. Yeah. 
it's really it really pulls you in and it is not flashy to the level that buddy is It's not as noticeable but i mm-hmm. think it is a an outstanding character and a really really good movie especially special shout out to michael keaton as the captain who also I works at bed bath and beyond and sneaks in <laughs> tlc uh, lyrics all the time but denies it i have no idea what like him telling him to go on it don't go chasing waterfalls. Your imitations like, are so good. That's TLC. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Yeah. You know the original title of that movie, I by the way, too. but they weren't allowed to use it? No. The B Team. <laughs> is that great? Are that you movie serious? Was originally called the, yeah, because it was the A Team. They get killed at the beginning, so it's the B yeah. Team. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Why? Why wouldn't they be allowed to use it? Uh, I think it was some. I think it was like because of the TV show The A Team, oh, and oh, it was too. Okay, okay, too. yes. Oh, the film The A Team had just come out. Yeah, it was, okay. It was recent, like it, somehow contemporary from it, but yeah. Oh, uh, Rob Riggle and was it Damon Wayans Jr. Desk Pop. Never done a Desk Pop. <laughs> memory, your memory is really I know. good. Oh, oh, All and right. also, I'm sorry. One more shout out for that, which is them, them at the Irish Bar, and. There are all these old Irish men singing this like really sad dirge and Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are talking and then in the middle of it, Will Ferrell's like, excuse me. And then he turns and sings a verse with them. (laughs) It's so, it's just like the most violent, depressing verse. Like there were no children left. Oh, and then he just turns back around and goes into it. And again, there's no like, it's all played like this is life. This is what I do. I don't think this is weird at all. Yeah. So yeah. it it's, makes it even more delightful for the audience to watch. I so that's to, my detective. Alan Gamble is, is one of my pretty interests. great. I need to see that again. Hmm. <laughs> Mark, what do you got? I'm going to start by talking about a genre of Will Ferrell character mm. that I particularly enjoy. And then I will give, I think the best example of that. And that is a person who is in their world, which is always sort of a not global, not a worldwide phenomenon, but a sort of niche job or uh, a niche, a niche, a niche bit of celebrity. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. He plays. He does a great job of niche celebrities who fall and have to get back up. He did it brilliantly in Eurovision. I don't know if anybody saw that movie. I love that movie. It is yeah. bonkers. He did it brilliantly as Chaz Michael Michaels in Blades of Glory. Oh my God. He yeah. did it. Uh, he did it brilliantly in, I, well, there's one that I'm not going to bring up because that one might, somebody else might also bring that one up. But I think the best version of, oh, the, there was also the one about the magicians. Was that oh, him? See that? No, was that him? That, no, that was Steve Carell. That's Steve Carell. That's the fabulous. Else, yeah. Oh, the more recent. That's, that's Wonderstone. Yeah, no, that's no, that's no. him and, and Steve Buscemi is his. That's his right. Steve that, so it's the great same that. same oh vibe gosh. of movie. Oh my god, so good. so good. But I think that the best version of the small time celebrity who falls and has to get back up has got to be Ron Burgundy, Anchorman. Mm-hmm. I think that is. Talk about the stakes being so much higher for one person than they are for everyone else. And just, and for that one person that he is to be a dramatic anchor man, <laughs> an overly dramatic, insanely misogynistic, just brutal bore of a man, blow hard, 
mansplainer, every adjective that you can use to describe a person that you don't like mixed in with Will Ferrell's sweetness. I think that was a perfect alchemy that created that character. And again, it's like Buddy the Elf. I don't think anyone else could have played that character. I think he's a perfect opposite to Buddy the Elf, where Buddy the Elf is uh, pure kindness and empathy that by the end of the movie, he turns everybody else to be a little more like Buddy the Elf. And Ron Burgundy is pure ego, who by the end of the movie, he has everybody else in society has made him a little bit more like a human. He has that thing that like uh, Bill Murray has that even when they're playing like their worst versions, you're really rooting for them. You're never, you never abandon them. You know, like Groundhog Day, you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you never feel that. Scrooge, the same thing with Will Ferrell. I feel like you're just, you're along for the ride, having a good time, totally have faith that in, as Ron Burgundy, you know, he's going to end up being a better person. You want yeah. him to be one so badly, but it's kind of like what you were saying with his, with his wife, Eva Mendes in that other movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you know, that his snarkiness comes from something within him and not about the other person. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but like, it never feels threatening his when he's misogynistic or cutting like it never feels you know i watched little lies on hbo where like Mm -hmm. alexander skarsgård plays like an abusive husband and i was like under the couch with my dogs i'm like this is terrible terrified you know like i was like i but i feel like if will ferrell would have done it (laughs) which would have been weird which would have been a very interesting casting choice but we would have been like it's okay. It's, he's going to be yeah. he, the humanity of him. <laughs> like he, uh, and domestic violence is never funny. No. I'm just saying. By the way, Talladega Nights, Tala, blah, 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 oh, blah, Ricky blah, blah. Ricky Bobby. Thank you. I never remember the names, you guys. Yeah. Never yeah. remember. But he was another one in your genre. Of- that was one I was going to mention, but I didn't want to take that oh. one if someone else was going to use Talladega Nights. And then I and then I threw it out. But Sorry. that is, I think that's great. That is another great version of, Yeah, I am a mega celebrity in a niche microcosm. Yeah. And then I have a fall and have to get back up. Yeah. And more great John C. Riley work. I mean, Ron Burgundy is just stupid. Yeah. He's stupid in the way most people were in the seventies. Most men were specifically yeah. in that they bought into this like male chauvinist society. This is the way it's run and men do this. And a woman, a woman can't read the news. Women are for making babies or making love. So his playing it through that lens of nothing he does is mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's he doesn't know any better and doesn't know that he needs to be better, but you do get, I mean, his relationship with his dog Baxter, it tells <sighs> you, it shows you he has the ability to yeah. care for someone more than he cares about himself. The whole scene, like it's just so out of nowhere when Jack Black appears as the biker and throws Baxter oh off the God. bridge. <laughs> and, and it's because he eats the burrito. It's like, hmm, this burrito was filling and he just throws it out the window and it hits. And then Jack Black wipes out because of it. He's a biker. And then. I mean, that whole scene is ridiculous, but just it's, it, that is really the final straw for him that sends him over the edge. That sends him, that's the glass case of emotion yeah. scene because of that is him trying to, uh, having yeah. a tantrum, having mm-hmm. an, a no, in no control of his emotions. And it's, that is the movie. He'd already had some hits before 2004. He'd had old school. He had had elf. 
Mm-hmm. So he was already popular. But I think that this film, which is him getting to make something that he wanted to make mm-hmm. with Adam McKay, is what made him a, a huge star on his own. Like he yeah. carries that movie brilliantly. Well, he also, a thing we haven't really talked about much is we've talked a lot about his heart and the characters and the empathy that he brings to these characters. But I think the thing that this movie benefits from and why it made him that megastar is it's also just plain funny. It's crazy yes. funny. It's funny and it holds up funny mm-hmm. because that movie about a person who is on the wrong side of everything has managed to become a movie that is on the right side of everything because it's pointing out a person who's on the wrong side of everything and yeah. is hilarious at it. Yeah. Christina Applegate is also a perfect, perfect foil. You yes. know? Yeah. He's Margaret she, Dumont to his Groucho. She is totally, perfect. she yeah. just gives him exactly what to bounce yeah. off. It's, it's amazing. She Those does moments it where they're talking, where oh. they're talking while sitting at the desk as the credits are rolling. I mean, her 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 blowing him <laughs> offness. Mm-hmm. She's perfect in that movie. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah. I love her. That, but speaking of his dog Baxter, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. It just my my mind. I again, I have OCD. I I've put it to good use with animals, but I can't make it go away. That's um, fair. Thank you for acknowledging. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I read that he is going to be the voice of an abandoned dog in a movie that's coming out in 2023 oh called Strays about mm-hmm. an abandoned dog who wants to get back at his owner, wants revenge. And so he, he, ta- he like comes together with a bunch of strays to like get back at the person who abandoned him. And I'm already like in tears. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a person who likes to be at the animal shelter for fun. I'm going to be there tomorrow, you guys. But to imagine awesome. Will Ferrell of all people. Yeah. As who is voice, a human puppy? Who's a human? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like, it's the yeah. most genius voice casting I've heard in a long time. Can't wait. I can't wait for it. It's going to be my new favorite. Well, speaking of favorites, it's your turn again in the round robin. Do you have another one that you think might wind up on, uh, on the dais with these or have all the ones that are going to jump on the dais already been taken? Is there any honorable mention that you want to throw out there? I, I, I feel like they're, I feel like they're taken, you guys. Yeah. I feel like we've said them. The ones that I love that I've seen many, many, many times, I feel like we've gone through. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with that. I mean, I could make up something, but I'm not going to do that sure. to you. I mean, look, he's had a million amazing roles. Yeah. Smaller ones and larger ones. If you haven't seen the campaign, he's brilliant Never. as Cam Brady in the campaign. Yeah. Just a do it's basically anchorman in politics. Yes. Uh, but more so, you know, a little With subtler. Zach Galifianakis as the, as exactly. the unlikely challenger to his, yeah. to to his, his normally uncontested. Was it sent? He's a congressman. I think right? he's a congressman, an unusually uncontested congressman who now there's a guy running against him. Mm-hmm. And he's okay, hilarious. See that. For me, I think that the, the con, if we can all agree on what the big contenders are right now with shout outs to, I'll say his George W. Bush on SNL, Harold mm-hmm. Crick and Stranger Than Fiction, some legendary roles. But I think that the ones that we have latched onto are Ron Burgundy and Buddy the Elf. Yeah. Would that be do, fair to say? I do love Jackie Moon. I wouldn't put him on the podium. Yeah. I might put Brennan Huff on there just because I think of those three performances, if you were to mm-hmm. put all three of them, I would say that Brennan Huff is the funniest. Of the three, which really? is hard. That movie is so front, so funny from beginning to end. 
and it's just like it just doesn't relent down to like i'm burning you alive like <laughs> it's the entire job interview seek like every bit of it it is like top to i think it's top to bottom his funniest role wow you know i think i have to see this again then yeah. I'm going to have a lot of homework, like post homework. I thought post I was going to have pre homework, yeah. but I'm having, I'm going to have post homework, which I did. Post homework, the world's worst cereal. <laughs> <laughs> New post homework. Hey kids, do you want wacky characters with your cereals? Leave that to General Mills and Kellogg's. Try new post homework. <laughs> We expect you to write 1,000 words on the back of the box and send it in with a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's right. No maze, no crossword puzzle. Just college-ruled paper on the back of this box. I just want to watch you two do this. And I want to listen to you two do this all the time. I can't. I do. We kind of do. This I is know. just our lives. The Ridiculous. Best. Cut out the proof of purchase. Have your parents sign it and then return it to us. <laughs> And if it's not their signature, we'll know. We have their actual signature on file. We have a a handwriting expert at post. (laughs) All right. What are we thinking? Where are we? Where are we with this? We have uh, have three contenders right now. If it's between Buddy and Ron Burgundy. It's really really I'm not taking Step Brothers out, but I feel like, I mean, it's, I don't think Brandon Huff is the, I think it is the funniest. I think it's funny. I think it's that and Alan Gamble are the, might be the two funniest for me. Yeah. I think that's also the movie. That's two. also situational because those yeah. are a little more, those are a little less groundlings, a little more second city in that it's, mm. it's an ensemble piece. Sure. I think those two make sense as a final two. I mm. do love his role as Marty Moskowitz. I think that is yeah so good. That's the shrink next door with Paul Rudd. I yes. don't think a lot of people have seen it, which is no yes. excuse for it to, for wouldn't keep it from being his best role. But I, I think part of it has to be, to me, like that they're a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Which both of those other roles are. Ron Burgundy is still quoted. That character continues mm-hmm. to come back. They give him time on ESPN to anchor, yeah. Yeah. to anchor like an hour by himself. He's, it's on every other shirt I see here in Austin. Everyone mm-hmm. here is wearing that shirt. Oh, really? Still. <laughs> yes. Guys. Still. There are other shirts. (laughs) Right? Nobody's wearing a Janet Reno dance party shirt in Austin. (laughs) No cowbell. There's no cowbell shirt in Austin. Cowbell. No Robert Goulet. Cowbell. Bigfoot. (sighs) Forgot about that too. All right. Well, we have to make a decision. By the way, that is one of the the single best episodes of SNL in history. It's the second time The Rock hosted Wayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. They did Bigfoot and Robert Goulet. It also has the best version of Mango. No, not Mango. Mango was that was his first. It was his first one. First time. The second one they did the. It was the perfect Brian Fellow sketch. Brian Fellow Safari Planet, where he thought a bird was stealing his identity. <laughs> <laughs> and he's imagining what? he's sitting there. You know, the person. I think it's like the Rock is talking. He's like, "Yeah, this turtle does this." And and you just, then you go to Brian Fellows and you see the thought bubble. And it's a bird going like, yeah, I'd like to order a gold cage. My name is Brian Fellows. He's like, what a bird? (laughs) (sighs) More cowbells. Anyway, of these two, I think the answer is clear out of these two. I have the one that I would pick. Do either of you feel strongly about one over the other? Buddy versus Ron Burgundy. 
It's, you know what? It's 50 50 for me. I think both are cultural touchstones. I personally have more of an affinity for uh, Buddy the Elf because I watch that movie every year. Mm-hmm. And, but it also is kindness is the point. Whereas in the case of Ron Burgundy, the kindness is buried under a mountain of comedy and you have to dig the kindness out yeah. being the point. Yeah. So weirdly, it, it, I don't know. I can go either way. I will, I will leave this to Katya as our guest. Oh God. The indecisive middle child. I mean, right? guys, I'm yeah, going to go. Who are you talking to? Yeah. You or me? <laughs> I know which it's a mirror. Exactly. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to change my mind. I started with Buddy, but oh, I'm wow. going to, I'm going to, I've switched to Ron Burgundy. I have oh, now switched goodness. to Ron Burgundy. Here's oh, why. Wow. I know. I didn't see it coming. Wow. Even for and within myself. I am also here sitting in a state of shock. I think it's because Ron Burgundy is kind of like, okay, like if you can admit all the ways that you were like a jerk and did something wrong when you're telling someone something important or some sort of lesson, I feel like they'll listen to you because they're like, oh, you were a jerk too. Okay, cool. You've been there. And I feel like Ron Burgundy is like for a large part of that role, like he's walking around being the jerk. And so everyone mm-hmm. can relate to him and and you watch with your guard totally down as you laugh. And so then when the, when the growth happens, like you're super in it with him with, I just feels like yeah. no judgment. I don't know how to, it feels like a come in and do it with me because you're, he, he's as bad as you would ever be. Yeah. Wow, I love I, that. I kind of think he's the only person who can get away with it. Maybe Steve Carell could do something like that. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, because of The Office, it would come across like even dumber, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think with Will Ferrell, it comes across as, yeah, someone who's like the, the like you guys were saying, like we've been talking about humanity. Um, There's like an innocence. There's a vulnerability. And, and so... It feels like you're, you, no matter how gross you've been, you can be better. So I'm going to say there's more yeah. hope in that one. I'm going to go there. I'm going to put my money there. Wow. People All of the $7. World? <laughs> wow. People of the world, I'm shocked. I thought it was going to go the other way, but I think Katya laid it out perfectly. So yeah. I can only add five words. Hi. Go f- yourself, San Diego. <laughs> Asked and answered. Katya Litsky, thank you for joining us. Amen. You <laughs> are you such a delight. You can listen thank to The you. Animal That Changed Me anywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, I have to tell you, it's The Animal That Changed You, but I didn't want to have change to tell you. Oh, my God. Sorry. All listen, this time. No, it's okay. If you would have said my name was Catherine, I probably would have gone, yep, yes. Oh, my yep. gosh. Oh, I'm no. so sorry we oh said it wrong. Oh, my God. The Animal no. That Changed You. Now I feel like it might make, maybe I should have called it The Animal That Changed Me. I think no, maybe you were right. No, because you make it about your guest. What is The Animal yeah. That Changed You? Yeah. This is the show that you need to be <laughs> listening to. If you find one called The Animal That Changed Me, report them to the yeah. Better Business Bureau. Yeah, Zero. that is a mockbuster. <laughs> you are listening to the Transmorphers of podcasts. That's right. The Animal That Changed You is the one <laughs> to listen to. Where else can people follow you or should they follow you to, I mean, to keep up to date? 
I, uh, on Instagram, I'm the animal that changed you. And I write stuff about animals and not animals. And mm. I'm cheering you guys on. They'll find me cheering you on as your friend and fan. That's where they'll find me. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful. Oh. Thank you Love for stuff. having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Let's celebrate all things Will Ferrell at facebook.com slash group slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who has his own fine podcast called A Bit of a Chat with Ken Plume. It's a catchy name. It's a catchy podcast. You can get it wherever you're listening to this. It's in the same place. Also, I want to thank. Researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kilman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. You know, we're in this glass house of emotion. And thank you for breaking us out of it every week when we get to do this show and talk with wonderful, wonderful people like Katya, who has come on and just made us smile with her lastima. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.